The Chinese spy balloon saga is continuing to widen. The device, which was about 200 feet tall, was shot down by a fighter jet over the South Carolina coast. Now, US officials believe it's part of a wider fleet spanning five continents. As Secretary of State Antony Blinken warns America was not the only target. Washington says the suspected surveillance project was being operated from one of China's coastal provinces and observed numerous countries, including Japan, India, Vietnam, Taiwan and the Philippines. So as distrust grows between two of the world's greatest powers, are we drifting towards another Cold War? Hello, I'm William Howard. Great to have your company. For more, I'm joined by Chinese affairs commentator David Zhang. David, thank you for your time today. Was Washington's decision to shoot down the balloon just anti-China hysteria, as Beijing likes to call it? Uh, absolutely not, William. I think it was the right decision to do so. And many in the U.S. were calling to have it shot down as the moment it entered the United States, as we understand that this is sovereign U.S. Uh, airspace, as well as the sovereign U.S. continental uh, land. Therefore, the U.S. has every right to do so, as China did back in 1974, when a U.S. Uh, spy a balloon of similar kind enter Chinese space, uh, the, the Chinese actually shot it down back then. So I don't see any reason for doing this. And I think this fits into the context of what China has been doing worldwide, as reported today, as you mentioned. Uh, they are sending these around the world. Okay, so on that, how common are these spy balloons and what do they actually achieve? Great question, William. To be honest, uh, this is probably the first time we've publicly known about China's spy balloon program. And uh, I believe these serve a slight different purpose than their spy satellite systems, as this can travel rel relatively slowly uh, across a certain period of time to capture more detailed images. And it seems, according to different sources, have the satellite transmission capabilities to send that information in real time back to China. Uh, and I believe this is all part of a gray zone warfare or is part of the unrestricted warfare context where China employs multiple different aspects uh, of trying to gather intelligence, trying to find information. And I think this fits into that context. However, like I said, this has been the first time that I've heard about this type of behavior. Uh, but I do understand that militaries around the world have been using spy balloons or even just high altitude balloons. Okay, so now that we know these spy balloons are in the sky and we've had this uh, altercation between the US and China, how close do you think we are to a Cold War? William, I believe we're already in the very early stage of, a, of the Cold War. If we consider what has been happening with the US last uh, year starting to ban tech exports to China uh, on key critical semiconductor technology. And I understand they're announcing new policies, supposedly, to uh, further eliminate Huawei's exposure to high tech, as well as allying uh, Japan and the Netherlands for more restrictions on semiconductors. So I, th I believe in this new strategic competition or the new Cold War, uh, that was the first sort of shot that they fired and with uh, AI as an emerging technology and going back to that Cold War surveillance that we just saw with the spy balloon, I think we're already emerging uh, in the very early stage of the new Cold War. And what does that mean for geopolitical tensions right around the world? I think countries like Australia and, and other allies in the, uh, Europe and in Asia, they'll have to pick a side 
and they'll have to align with essentially two different types of ideologies, whether that's the uh, freedom-led West or the Eastern part with China, of course, and Russia getting much closer together. Uh, and I think it's pushing countries to choose two different types of behaviors around the world. And it, I, I don't see this getting much better or improving. I see it as more polarizing and we're reaching that bipolar world order as, as both type of uh, leaderships have been calling. So returning to the balloon, David, just for a moment, naval and coastal guard ships are still searching for debris. I'm interested to know what intelligence the US could gain from the remnants that are being found. I think the intel agencies are able to examine to see how China is tracking and, and what exactly are they looking for. As we know, the balloon uh, started over Montana, the state where there is a Air Force base with uh, strategic missiles, nuclear missiles in Malmstrom Air Force Base. And so obviously there are some type of specific types of locations that the, the air balloon was looking for. Uh, so they're able to figure out what exactly are the information they're looking for. And they're also likely to know uh, what type of transmissions or how often these are sent back to China, if they're in real time or if they're stored and somehow recaptured uh, by China. And, and what exactly is the it, whether it's been maneuvered or it traveled by air, what type of trajectories and that type of information they're looking for, plus anything to do with location data, uh, with any other, basically in the Chinese Communist Party strategy, any intel that they can get is considered useful. So I think the U.S. is trying to backtrack to see if they can find anything in that sense. David, a fascinating conversation. Thank you so much for your time on Ticker News today. Thank you. And I'm William Howard. Thanks for your company. More Ticker News is coming right up. You're watching Ticker News. More news is just minutes away.